When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello everybody and welcome to Reds in Europe. It is the Copites Champions League show because the Champions League is back and we are very, very grateful to see it back indeed. Mick, how are you, pal? Yeah, good, mate, you? Yeah, really good, buddy. Did you have a good birthday? Yeah, it was good. Yeah, good stuff. Just uh, still trying to get over those derby wounds, but fucking hell, we well, move on. Correct, mate. We, knew, we move on to a, a new competition. Uh, the Champions League is starting again, albeit obviously a lot later than usual um, because of... I'm not even going to bloody say it, I can't be asked anymore. Uh, but it is Reds in Europe and it is obviously a competition we hold so dear to our hearts. And Ajax, mate, is the first game away. Uh, talk about a, a tough opener. Um, but yeah, I, I think this is the away trip that everybody wanted to go on um, over the years. We've ever, always been dying to go to, to Ajax uh, and see them play against the Reds in Amsterdam. And we can't do it. Bit of a shit show, really. Yeah, it is a shame, especially when you we just touched on Goodison there and as well, like that away day and then having going to Amsterdam what four days later or five days later, that would have been a, a boss little away away week for us. Obviously we would have won the derby even better, but no, it'll be a good game. They they've got some good players. I know they're more of a selling club these days, but it's still gonna be a still gonna be a tough ask. Absolutely, mate. I think it was the final uh, that everyone thought would happen, didn't they? Especially after we'd got through against Barca the next night we just assumed that oh it'd probably be Ajax that go through because they had a, a nice heavy lead against Spurs and you know fluffed it in the end unfortunately uh, but I think this is going to be a nice title because we haven't really played Ajax uh, that many times in competitive games uh, the last time we, uh, we we played against them was uh, 1966 uh, with two-legged affair in the European Cup 2-2 um, uh, at Anfield and Roger Hunter got both goals so it's been a long time since we've played them competitively, um, but we have obviously had a few friendlies uh, with them as well. Um, notorious, the last one was in uh, 2003. And then the last time we actually scored a goal against Ajax was in a friendly um, in 2001. Uh, have a guess who it was? Mike Lowen? Nope, Robbie Fowler, but you know. Oh, should have should have known, should have oh, Product placement. <laughs> <laughs> that Get wasn't yours. scripted at all. That's fucking crazy. Get yours from Retro Hut right now. Link is below. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. Retro Hut's great. I'm just on about the product placement stuff. Oh, um, but yeah, mate, I mean, it's, I'm just really excited to see another European team play football against Liverpool because I think that's, that's one of the most all exciting things about playing in the Champions League, isn't it, really? You get to see a new team. Uh, play against the Reds and it's always good to see uh, the might of Ajax like that and like you said they are a bit of a selling club these days but it's still a great name to to play against in, in European competition Yeah definitely like it's it's one of those names synonymous with creating great football and players and like loads of legends over the years so it's going to be 
it's going to be a tricky one and it's probably best to get this one out of the way because this is maybe our hardest away yeah. game that we'll have so it's probably best to get it out of the way now it's going to be a difficult like I said difficult without Alison and especially without as we just on the last podcast without Virgil van Dijk but um, yeah, which, yeah, it's going to be a hard one. But we'll, we'll Matip and Gomez just need to turn their dollars up a couple of notches. I hope this is the first of many for them where they can go on a bit of a run and solidify yeah. a boss little partnership together because they're more than capable of it. We know we know they are both quality players. It's just, we just need them to stay fit and just fucking praise the God. That's it, mate. I mean, you talk about the team selection now. It's... It's the back line sort of picks itself, doesn't it? Given what happened at the weekend, and like you just said, there we need uh, everybody uh, on song. I mean, we obviously, again, as at the time recording this, we don't know 100% if Matic's going to be playing. Um, there's, there's been rumours saying that Klopp uh, said he won't be available, and there's others saying that, that he will. But it, we just assume it's going to be Matic and Gomez, and I, I'm the same with you, mate. Just hopefully, we just we can answer some questions that we can do the games without Van Dyke because we haven't missed him since he signed. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's difficult because there was, I think there was a load of, there was a matter video floating around, wasn't it, about them going to Spy Hospital after after the game, but it turns out that was before the game, but he, yeah. he did feel something in his leg apparently, so we'll just have to see. Like I said in the last one, if, it, if, it, if he's out and let's put Fabinho back there, it's, we miss Fabinho's energy in the midfield and it is a whole domino effect, and especially when we're already missing Van Dijk and Allison, it's already too many people out of the right positions especially yeah. in specific club system, is going to have a knock-on effect. Especially, we need Matip's height from corners, definitely. I've seen kind of the thing, like an analysis on Van Dijk's, the, the impact he's had since his arrival. And I don't think he touched enough on the impact that conjoined with Alisson's arrival, that we stopped considering enough set pieces. But I think Matip's more than capable of stepping up to the, to the plate. Like, I think he's 29 now, so he's... he's He's got to be a leader back there and show Gomez like this is how we're going to do it now, and, and yeah. try and mould him into to, to solidify a, a good little partnership back there. Because we, well, we've got to hope they have. Like for, especially for Bino, can drop in there and he like proved against was it Chelsea against mm. Timo Werner, proved how good he is. Like he doesn't he proved he doesn't need to electrifying pace like Van Dijk and Gomez have got to bail him out. He's got those long legs, go go gadget legs to. Help him out, and he's he's more than capable deputy back there. But like we did switch on the last podcast, it does look like I think James Pierce kind of said something about the chesty as well, saying we might have to go into the market in January just to kind of solidify things, especially as we don't know actually how long Van Dijk's going to be out for. Yeah, and again, I don't want to focus too much on on this, but I, you know, echoing what you say in the, it is a time now for a new partnership to. To step up because we are, you know, probably going to be with Van Dijk for the majority of the season now, which is just absolutely heartbreaking. But I just want to focus on the positives at the end of the day because we've still got a fantastic backline, you know, w- without Van Dijk. You know, we've obviously probably not we've dropped off from the world class uh, terminology, but we've still got two world class fullbacks. Uh, Joe Gomez has still been absolutely brilliant that he's learned from Van Dijk over the last couple of years. Matap, Matap, Matip's been the same. Uh, as well, like you've just said, mate. So, again, it is a time for them to go, well, all right, we've learned from the big man. Let's put uh, into practice what the big man says. And it was like Dan said uh, on the podcast on, on the Everton review, we've still got a formidable team in the midfield, in, in the forward line, and that's still two banks of players that, that, that the attacking team has to get through first before they get to the defence. So, you know, we've got to just stay positive on where they think, well, do you know what? Yeah, we're missing Van Dijk. Well, Alisson will come back. 
it's we, we can still look at a lot of positives, can't we? Definitely, and especially that the news that um, Naby Keita's now given a negative COVID test and is back in training as well because we thought we were going to be losing him for what two weeks as well. So the fact that he's yeah. back into the mix is gives us a lot more options in there, and especially since the the Thiago injury news isn't as bad as we suspected as well. Hopefully, mm. he looks to be okay, and he might be. He's a doubt, obviously, for what for tomorrow. But he'll probably be back for the game after that. So that's a good thing if we're focusing on positives. Keeping keeping that midfield stacked gives us that opportunity to put Fabinho back there if we need it. The more yeah. midfield we start losing, if we were all Kate and Thiago for a long amount of time, we'd then <laughs> be relying on Millie, Millie Machine back there, who's an able deputy, but it doesn't, it doesn't quite quality. It's just, like I said, it's the whole domino effect and we don't want to get to the position where we're like really struggling for numbers and we know Klopp doesn't like to go in, dip too much into the transfer window without having a solidified 11. He doesn't want to just buy someone and throw them instantly in, unless they're a proper world-class talent, like a Van Dijk or Allison, who can come in and go straight in. He's, he's not going to be able to buy someone in the January transfer window to come in and do that same job that he wants to deliver that, that is required. So it's going to be, we need to keep everyone. It's, it, it's, just, it's just pure luck, but we need to try and keep any, everyone as fit as possible. And um, yeah, midfield. But like I said, the two banks of the midfield and the, the, the forward three are still formidable as anything in world football. So yeah. the only thing that we need to maybe look at is the is Bobby's seemingly lack of form recently. And I don't know how, how you re- remedy that. I don't know if you give Yacht in a few games. I don't know how it works. I don't know how it's going to work. For me, I still love him and I always will just for 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 the for the dirty work he does for up, up, up that end of the field and I know he doesn't give us enough goals and I'm sure he knows that Klopp will be telling him that but um, yeah it's still formidable as anything and we just need to plod along and fight our way through as much as we can until we get the, the big fellas back Well this is what I was going to ask you mate is are you thinking you know the, we've got Sheffield United as well the, the, the following weekend um, and there's obviously we need the points in the league because we need to keep up that momentum and stuff like that. And is there a case for do you try something different? Do you do you put Diogo Jota in in that middle of the front three? But then, like you've just said, you're dropping out Firmino. Then Salah and Mane might lose a bit of their game because of the work that he does. But again, you're not going to know unless you try something. And it's interesting because of losing Van Dijk and we, you know after you know shimmy some people around. Is Klopp going to have to change the system? I don't know. And do we risk that in the first game of the Champions League by making those changes? Because you're risking the first game, not not match day six. You're risking match day one if we're going to take the hit like we did away at Napoli that time and still manage to qualify, albeit by the skin of our teeth all the time. But I don't know how you're feeling about it. What would you do? I think like I've seen a few formations floating around. You could change to a 4-2-3-1, throw Fabinho and Thiago in front of the, in front of the back four. As two sixes, or you could have Henderson do that. There's so many, like we said, so many options, especially because Thiago's injury isn't as bad, and because Kate is, is back from. Well, he didn't get, he, he hasn't got coronavirus, so he's fine. The fact that we've got so many numbers in that midfield area, we can play around it a bit more. And I think four two three one might suit us. I think everyone's forgetting about Minamino. Like he's done every time he's played in the club, and that he's been great. And pre-season he was great as well. He hasn't had really a sniff. And I think he, he could easily come in and at some point do the role Bobby does to give Bobby a rest sometimes that he needs. Because I think we have got, the last couple of years especially, we've got a bit reliant on him and the, 
the dirty work that he does and open up those spaces for Mane and Salah and he does need a rest now and again. So hopefully yeah. Yotta, being Yotta and Minamino, you can kind of give him the rest that he needs up there. Yeah, it's a good point, mate. And when you look at the opposition, obviously with Ajax, you know, they're coming off the back of a 5-1 win um, at the weekend. So they're confident, you know, they're currently second in the table. They will, you know, play 5-1-4 uh, in pretty decent form at the end of the day, just behind PSV. Um, five goals, like I said, against Ian Veen and the likes of Tadic is getting a couple, uh, albeit obviously uh, one was from the spot. But they've got a decent side, mate. Like you said, they, they have souls, some, some decent players over the last couple of years. But again, their academy is just incredible and some of the players that they bring through this isn't a game that, that Liverpool needs to be taking lightly, especially when it's match day one of the Champions League. You need to be getting three points on the board as quickly as possible. But again, it just caveats what we've just been saying, doesn't it? Do we sort of sacrifice uh, this game to make sure that we've got a, a decent squad for Sunday? But that's the talk at the minute. But I think we're, we're fine for both games. I think we've got enough time between Wednesday and, and the weekend to, to play with both sides because our squad depth has got better. And if you play Firmino this week, then maybe you put Jota on at the weekend and or vice versa. I don't know. Yeah, definitely. Like I, I know it's Ajax away and it's probably our trickiest game. I mean, at Atalanta, it'll still be a tricky game as well away, but I think this will be our most difficult away game. We st- we're still we're still a huge favourites to go to go and win there. Like I'm looking at the I'm, I'm not sure who's injured for them, but they've got like Neres and Huntelaar, Tadic, Promise, Quincy Promise. There's some absolutely good good talented players there. Sound a little Wikipedia there. Uh, it's yeah, um, look, Hunterlar though. I can't believe he's still there. <laughs> I know, yeah, just still coming strong that whole team. But, but yeah, it's, like I said, they've got good players, and it's it's especially like we said, with, we're a bit weaker back there without without the best goalie in the world and the best defender in the world. In my opinion, it's gonna affect it'll affect anyone in world football. It doesn't matter how good the rest of your squad is, it's gonna have a knock-on effect, and it's how you react to that and it's how. Klopp sets the system up. Like you said, he might change it to a 4 2 3 1. He might stick with the three three in midfield. And I don't know, it, it, there's, there's so many options, like I said, because there's so many midfield midfielders available. You can have a little mess around with it. And Minamino can play him on the side of a three. You can play up, you can play in the Firmino role. You can play on the left. You have to probably the same, really, out of push if you wanted them to. So the, all these players, Klopp signs, are both for that exact reason that they're. Deployable and they can play in loads of positions because if something like this happens, we can we've got to fix. Yeah, and, and that's what we've got to hope, hope on. Especially it is it is daunting when you lose your two big, <laughs> the two signings that major into the force you are, and all of a sudden lost. I know Allison's back, might be back for the City game on the seventh of November, which is great news. But losing Van Dyke's huge, and I think it's just how you react and. <sighs> anything to go by like the the way Klopp's been since he came five years ago we've only got better so I imagine it's gonna, it's going to be a struggle more of a struggle definitely this year in the Premier League and it's like you said Sheffield United game on Saturday I think isn't it but it's just get, having the balance like between them like we're at home to Sheffield United that will be a huge favourite to that as well just getting the tailing in the teams and get, making sure we've got the right energy in the right areas because there's been some times where we've been a bit lacking and I think sometimes he does go tried and tested when he needs to freshen it up. And that's the only criticism I'd say of Klopp. That's the only tiny thing I'd say. Like, he needs to maybe just switch one, switch for me now. I'll put a Minamino in and just see what happens if we need Bobby or someone else coming off the bench after leaving at one half or 60 minutes. You can do it. But we just need to tailor it, tailor it in and, and see who's got the best energy and who's doing the best in training. Who wants to, who wants to fight for the shirt and come in and 
make us as good as we can be without the big man at the back. Yeah. There's that pressure, isn't there, at the minute? Because we've struggled the last two games in the league, um, you know, on, on from a paper perspective, you know, losing and, and, and a draw. Obviously, the the actual games tell a different story. This is a nice break, though, isn't it? It's sort of like focused on a new new competition, and, you know, changing the sleeve badges. It's at night time. It's, you know, the music again. It's, for me, I, you know, we love the Champions League anyway, don't we? We're synonymous with it. And it's just great to, just have that little bit of taking away from the bread and butter of the Premier League because it obviously is quite depressing given what happened at the weekend. But again, you know, it, everyone, as soon as the derby finished, everyone was like, right, I'm, I'm pissed off. I want the Ajax game now. I want it to happen. And now this game's going to come and then we can eradicate certain feelings on on Saturday because we can look at this game. And if, you know, say we, we win 3-4-0 against Ajax, we'll be like, right, fuck it. Confidence will go up with the team. Confidence will go up with the, with the fan base. You know, even if it's a 3-1, Fine, you take that. You know, if it's a, if it, if it's a one nil, but we we perform brilliantly brilliantly in defence, and it's not a scrappy game. Again, the confidence is going to go sky high, isn't it? And this is the perfect time to do that. Yeah, like I said, it's like we touched on. Like we've got, if when people go away at international duty, it's a change from the norm, and they, they can try and get some more confidence in that. But and especially, like you said, it's a, going into Champions League. It's a different style. It's a different competition. It's fresh. Everyone's going to be up for it. So. I imagine I hope we're going to stick a few past them and just, like you said, just batter away those um, those demons from from the Everton game and just crack on. And then just like Klopp, you can see from the way Klopp's philosophy is, it's always take game by game. And you can see that in every player's interview, like they're all saying, singing from the same thing sheet, like Henderson and Van Dijk. They get asked, "Oh, you're looking forward to the Chelsea game in two weeks?" And I'm like, "No, because I'm looking forward to but to the next game or, or whoever we're playing." And it's just that's what you, that's what we need to do now, especially more than anything. That we're going to be missing Van Dyke for a huge chunk because we can't be looking forward to going. Oh, I can't, I'm, not, I'm not looking forward to that City game on the seventh of November without Van Dyke and yeah. stuff like that. I don't think he'll let creep in, and we just need to to, to crack on. And um, like I said, a nice change of scenery. Ajax away, nice little boss boss team, but boss City boss competition, and it should, hopefully we'll be nice and fired up for this one because I, I can't wait for it. Yeah, absolutely, mate. And you just touched on there about City and stuff like that. You know, just to go to, we'll probably cover this in the preview of the City game anyway, but, you know, the, our first game against City when Van Dijk signed, he was injured and we still ended up ended up beating them anyway. You know, again, I'm just looking at facts and figures from a few years ago, mate. Obviously, that really doesn't matter now, nowadays, but just just a bit of confidence, you know, just up the confidence level a little bit. But what I'm, what I'm trying to get around is, even though we've lost Van Dijk and, you know, Alisson will come back before the end of the group stage, obviously, I still think we've got a hell of a chance to to win this competition. You know, I, I'd, albeit, yeah, probably if we had Van Dijk, we'd, from a bookies perspective, we'd probably be, you know, second or third favourites or whatever. Um, I, I don't agree with the way the bookies do stuff anyway, but, you know, that's the way people, a lot of people do their research for it. Um, but what I'm saying is it, it's nice to see those when you are favourites with the bookies and stuff like that. We might have dropped off a little bit. But again, I still think we've got a squad capable of going all the way in the Champions League because, albeit, yeah, Van Dijk does change the dynamic of, of winning the tournament, but we've still got a hell of a team compared to what the rest of Europe have. Yeah, it's like we could talk all day about the quality we've got. Like, it's just like Sam and Yotta has gone under the radar a bit and he obviously hasn't shown his, his true quality yet because he's only just he's only just gone through the door. But he can be great for us this year, especially in these games where. Like we've got Atalanta on third of November, City on the seventh. There's only four four days there between. Like Atalanta away, then City away. Like there's going to need to be some fresh yeah. up. Like we might 
like the Atlanta away game, you might see Minamino and Yotta starting. You might you, you, don't be surprised like with Klopp sometimes he just throws up a curveball and you look at the line and what the fuck's he doing? Like the Everton a game last year where we had Chikiri and the Lana starting. And you're like, what the fuck's he doing in a derby? And we end up winning five two, I think it was, wasn't it? Just mm. stuff like that, like where he buys these players so that he can come in and be completely interchangeable. And I think, like I said, the Champions League is great and I imagine we will be. I haven't seen the, the favourites for the Champions League, but I imagine we'll be at least top top four, three or four in that. Uh, like I said, it's, it's just getting the, the players in the right frame of mind. Like They're going to be like we're feeling the loss of Van Dyke, so they're, they're definitely going to be like, oh, God. It's, they all know he's the key man back there. They all know that. It's just how we react to that. And I think Alisson coming back very soon. Like he's ahead of schedule thing. So he might even be back for that Atlanta game at a push. But if not, I think he might be back for the City game. Him coming back could breathe a, a, a little breath of fresh air into the into that back the back four because we we need him back in there definitely. And a sigh of relief for everybody, won't it, really? Because, you know, as much as some people have confidence in Adrian, some people don't. Obviously there's a big debate about that in the fan base at the minute. I think when you've not got Adrian, but you've got Van Dijk, you could sort of deal with it. But like you just said, when you've not got both, you you like you said at the top of the podcast, mate, they are two vital reasons as why we have been so successful the last couple of years. And we need at least one of them in the team every week, don't we? Yeah, and he's, for me, he's the best keeper in the world. And if he's in, he's breathed confidence in the whole back four. Obviously, Van Dijk, was, it's between the both of them, they've been great. And if they've made us win all these trophies and not made us successful... But at least if we've got one of them in there, and if we've got Alisson in there, because obviously Van Dijk's going to be off for a while, if Alisson comes back in, start November, and we've got Amatov and Gomez are still flying and doing sound, then I think we'll, like, <laughs> it's the age of being just absolutely so dramatic on social media when something bad happens, and then mm. just, you, you, you sometimes read into it, like, you're like, oh, reading all stuff, like, oh, Van Dijk's out, oh, we're, gonna, we're, gonna, we're not going to win the league now, we're not going to win the Champions League, we're not going to win anything. And you start reading this shit and you start believing it yourself and you're like, really? Come on. Like, you, you, you fucking slap yourself in the face and think, well, actually, we've actually got a, still got a boss team. Losing Van Dyke is huge. We all know that and we all appreciate that and it's going to be difficult. But the players we've got in reserve, if if their fitness remains the, the level it needs to be and the bodies don't fucking break down, we'll actually be sound and we could, we could, we're still capable of going on a huge run of, of wins and or unbeaten run and doing really well in both competitions. That's we you can't write yeah and club teams off. That's that's the thing. And I think people will that might go in our favour because people might because they think oh they haven't got found out we can get at them, mm. and it might it might have the opposite effect. Like it's it, but and a lot of conjecture. Like we don't we don't know what's going to happen, but I think um, we're more than capable. Of- well, like you just said, mate, we don't know what's going on because we've never been in this situation, have we? we you know, we, when we signed Van Dijk, he's hardly missed a game for us. And, you know, maybe yeah. the odd one he sat out or, you know, he's had the, the odd little niggle, but we haven't been out with, a, sorry, we haven't been without him for a long time. So this is going to be a massive eye-opener and it's too soon for anybody. Nobody is qualified to judge this right now because they haven't seen it before. If you've seen it before, you can judge it, but we haven't seen this before. So everyone just needs to just calm down a little bit. We just need to just enjoy the next couple of weeks if we can because it's a new dimension for us like you said clock might change it up a little bit players are going to you know they're going to improve under this because they're putting added pressure on themselves so just want to go through your before we do the score predictions I want to do your starting lineup, mate who you picking so obviously you're going to pick Adrian and goal uh, your back four is um, 
if Matip's if Matip's all right, I I I hope he starts him. So I know Trent, Matip, Gomez, Robbo. About you, are you thinking the same, yeah? Yeah, exactly the same, mate. I'm I'm uh, I'm with you on that one. If um if Matip doesn't play, then I think Fabinho is going to go in there. But let's just go off what we think at the minute. So yeah, I'm picking the same back four, midfield three. Um, now the case is sound. I hope he I hope he does start. I hope he goes Cater, Fab, uh, Hendo. To be honest, those three. I think Cater needs minutes in the legs because he. It's get it is a bit annoying. Like he keeps like having. I said that we don't know if it was COVID or not. Like he, I think mean, I don't I don't know if he definitely had a positive result and then now negative. I'm not sure how it worked. But he he needs to in the team and he needs to be showing what he can do more regularly. I mean he had like a bit of a run in the start of the season. He was great in pre-season as well on the back end of, back end of last year. So I fancy him to start and then for, obviously Fabinho and, and Henderson also like picks themselves really. You could have you could, I've seen a few predicted with Millie in there or Wijnaldum in there. Some people have even thrown Jones in there. You could have you could have either. That's the thing. But I think a way to Ajax we need as strong as we can and we need a bit of creativity in there as well. Definitely. Yeah, I agree with you on that one, mate. Um... From that perspective, but for me, if I was going to choose the midfield, it would be Fab, Hendo, and Genie, simply because, like you've just said there with Cater, it, it has been up and down, and we don't really know. He does need minutes, and I would love to see him play more so we can get, you know, a, a really good, you know, period in the side because I think he's a fantastic player. I think right now with the uncertainty, the way everybody's feeling and all that sort of stuff, for me, it's just put something in that's tried and tested. Uh, Hendo, Fab, and uh, Genie does work in Europe. We we have seen it. Um, obviously some games it doesn't but majority of the time that has always worked for us so that would be my midfield three but I would be made up if Keita was in there as well because it shows he's ready and Klopp's got the confidence front three should we bother asking you that? <laughs> the usual suspects I imagine um, it wouldn't surprise me if he throws in a yotta. it wouldn't it, it doesn't it wouldn't surprise me at all but I imagine he'll probably start off with the, the, the usual fellas and then maybe bring on a Minamino or Yota uh, during the game was, was Minamino on the bench for the derby I think he was yeah I think he was yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah he I don't was. Think, was it Rigi I'm trying to think no yeah. didn't see him no I don't remember seeing him don't remember yeah. seeing him might have that wrong but I'm trying to delete that from my memory um, <laughs> insert, insert Jim Carrey from Liar Liar delete <laughs> um, yeah I was just I'm like you mate I've, the front three's got to be the front three of course I, I, you know I'd never dream of taking Bobby out for the, the lack of goal scoring form because it's evident as what he does for the for the other boys anyway. But I wouldn't be, you know, uh, if Jota was started. I really wouldn't be disappointed. The other thing that I, I, I don't know, and maybe I'm speaking out of turn here and stuff like that, is I'll, I'd, I'd love to see Jota right in the middle. I really would. I'd love to see Jota in the, the middle of the front three because when he came on, Mane goes in the middle and then Jota's on the left-hand side, isn't he? Um, and for me, I would just love to see Jota uh, in the middle because I know he can, he, he can do that. I've seen him do it for Wolves. Uh, but I, that's what I would love to see because I think when Mane comes inside, the relationship he's got with Robbo is just so important for us as a team and the balance. Um, that would just be my preference. But if Jota does come on for half an hour, that's the way I would like to see it. Yeah, like you said, I think it's, it's, we rely so much on those those little... like. Duos you've got on in, yeah. all over the pitch, like Robbo and Mane and Trent and Salah. Like for me, if it was gonna, I was going to have to put any of them up front. It, if for me, I was out. I'd probably put Salah there. I've yeah. Salah, I've Salah. I've put Mane on the right and I've Yotta on the left. Because I think Yotta prefers left, doesn't he? I think yeah, he Mane, does. Mane, actually, Mane does prefer the right. I think. 
obviously he's been put to the left because Salah prefers the right. But I think for Southampton and for um, was it Leipzig? Was it? He was he was on the he was on the he was on the right predominantly for, for them. And I think when you see him over that side, like think of a goal, the goal against Villa where he's on that side, he cuts in and whips the boss balls to Robbo on the opposite side. Fastest hat trick in Premier League history, and is it Southampton was all done from that right hand side as well? Yeah, so like stuff like that, and Rob, um, Salah can drop into those pockets and do like he knows. They all know the roles up there completely. I think when you the only like like you were saying, if the only player that I feel the most if they move out of position, like you just said, is Mane because that balance with Robbo, the left is more of our productive side. I think. I think maybe. You see, we've seen more assists from Trent, but I think most some of them are from set pieces and stuff. I think from a whole ninety minutes perspective, you're going to get more crossing the, to the box and more dribbles from that left hand side with the Robbo and um, and Mane than you will on the other side. I, in my opinion, anyway. So I think yeah. when you just drop that balance on that left, it does have a bit of a knock on effect for the for the overall creativity of the team. Yeah, absolutely. Um... So we move on to score predictions. Then, what are you thinking for score predictions? I don't want to say we're going to hit a clean sheet anymore, but I'm hoping this is the time. I'm hoping this is the time. I'm going to go with two 0 Two 0 Yeah. Who's uh, who's going to score? Um, I, I think Bob might think Bobby might get one. You know, I think I'm going to go Bobby and Salah. Okay, fair enough. I'm going to go with three uh, one. I do think we might uh, concede. There's a little bit of nervousness. I just think that uh, we might be very dominant. We might go 3-0 up and then towards the end we might concede a goal. So I'm going to go 3-1. Uh, I'm going to go one each for the front three. Just going to spread that out a little bit. So now that we've got the score prediction out of the way, mate, every time on uh, Reds in Europe now, I'm going to uh, test your Champions League knowledge. But it's always going to be against the team that we're playing. okay? And I might throw in some curveballs now and then. But your question this week, obviously, is about Ajax. So... First of all, I want to know how many times have Ajax won the Champions League, European Cup, no, not the whole time, and in what years did they did they win it? Ooh, well, I know they won it four times. Correct. Well, I couldn't I couldn't tell you what years. I haven't got a fucking clue. I know you're good with years, and that I haven't got a giant clue. Give us a guess at one year. Go on, just just throw one out there. Uh, Seventy. Two. Correct, mate, yeah. So, yeah, that's the do in it in 72. So they actually won it in 71, 72 and 73. They got a hat-trick. Uh, one of only two teams uh, in that era to, to win it um, three times in a row. Obviously, Madrid have done that in the 50s. They won the first five. Bayern Munich have done it three times in a row. Madrid have obviously done it in the, the, the more recent era. Uh, and then, actually, in 94-95, I actually got the, the fourth uh, European Cup as well. And what a, an amazing side that was. Oh, yeah, so, yeah, mate. Right. Good shout, four times, which is why they have the number four on their sleeves because they got the badge of honour from winning it three times in a row. Normally, you only get that from winning it five times or more. So, well done, mate. We're going to have that every time now on uh, Reds and Europe. We'll give you a little tester. So, you might want to brush up on your, on, on your knowledge of uh, Atalanta and uh, what they called? Midgetland? Midgetland, yeah. Midgetland, yeah. Midget yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah I'll have to do a bit of brush up. I'll have to brush up myself. Uh, but that was uh, Reds in Europe. That is our new Champions League uh, show that we're going to dedicate to the tournament, obviously. And we'll have some separate stuff, not just about the, the, um, the teams we're playing. We're going to do some other Reds in Europe stuff where me and Mick look back on our favourite moments in the Champions League European Cup. 
Uh, I am Jay Pearson. That is Mick Moran. Thank you very much. We will be back to review the Ajax game and preview the Sheffield United game. And uh, yeah, hope you enjoyed it. Give us a like, comment and subscribe. Let us know what you want to see uh, from our Reds in Europe show. And Mick, what's the line? See you next time. Sports Social Podcast Network.